All right, we're talking about attitudes, and uh, we're in, I think, the third week. We've been looking at a very powerful scripture. You probably know it off by heart this morning. And last week, we started looking at the blessing of a great attitude. How many you know there's something about someone who has a positive attitude that is attractive? It's contagious. Amen. And I want you to know that it carries a spiritual dynamic, which even those in the world don't necessarily realize it, but it is powerful. All right, so look at the person next to you and say, you have an attitude this morning. Hopefully it's a good one. Amen. Now in Acts 2.4 it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want to kick this off today by saying this. We understand that at that moment, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of that infilling was the heavenly language or the different languages they started to speak. But I want to say something to you that you and I need to realize today is the church. There is a lot more than just speaking in tongues when it comes to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. There are many benefits And hopefully next week we'll get to look at a few of those benefits, or maybe all of them. But I want you to know there's something powerful that is communicated in the language that you speak. Amen? For example, when I was in Kabon and Toga, the national language there is French. How many of you love the French language? I love listening to it, but it's not that easy to speak it. And so when I'm over there traveling, I travel with an interpreter. I shared that last week. And, and it can get complicated because, I mean, that person could communicate a whole lot of rubbish that you didn't even say. And the next thing, you could find yourself in prison. <laughs> but here's what I want you to recognize, is their language communicates their culture, their belief, and who they are. Amen? Just like if you're a Zulu-speaking person, it doesn't just communicate that you're Zulu, it communicates your culture, it communicates where you come from, and there's a dynamic, and there's a, there's a, a depth to what you are saying when you communicate. And I want you to know this morning, when you speak in your heavenly language, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you started to communicate in heaven's language. Amen. You started to carry heaven's environment with you. And I want you to know in a real way that impacts your attitude. Because how can you have the third person of the Trinity come live in you and it doesn't change who you are? Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you. Say, are you ready to change this morning? All right. Now, remember we went back and we said, let's go back backwards in scripture and see what led up to this experience in the upper room that radically changed and birthed the church. It marked them, it stamped them as a unique being, as a unique uh, organization in the spiritual realm that was established by God and was now communicating in frequency and in rhythm with who God was and what God was. And so we ended at John fourteen twenty six. And notice what it said here. It said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. Notice something very powerful in this verse that the Trinity is there. All right. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are represented here in the scripture, which means there's unity, amen, in what they were communicating, in what they were establishing. And they, and they were saying basically this, we're going to send a piece of us into you, we're going to send one of us into you, so that that person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, can teach you all things, say all things, say this with me, say I have everything I need, to face every single day because God is with me. Amen? So he will teach you all things and not only is he going to teach you, but he's going to bring things to your remembrance. All right? So the Father sent the Holy Spirit to help you so you can remain full of power and the way he's going to keep you full of power is he's going to teach you what to do and he's going to remind you of what Jesus did. Amen? So that you can stay full of Him. In other words, the statement here that is being made is a confirmation that we are called to be His disciples. We are called to carry His presence wherever we go. Amen? That's why whenever you arrive, God arrives. Amen? Wherever you go, God is going with you. Because you have been called out as a disciple, you've been called out as one who follows Christ. Now, let me remind you what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who follows with the intent of becoming. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're a disciple. Amen. We didn't just come to church today to be religious. We came to church to learn. We came to church to experience. We came to church to fellowship with God this morning. Can you say amen? And in doing that, we're going to get filled with the presence of God. We're going to get encouraged. And so what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to teach you the word, and when the Holy Spirit begins to remind you of what Jesus said, what happens is you get filled with Jesus. You get encouraged by the word of God. And what happens is this, it starts to help your attitude. Your attitude shifts into an attitude of faith. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you start to hear what God is saying, it lifts your attitude. Now, let's talk about attitude for a minute. Let me give you the definition of what an attitude is. According to the English dictionary, an attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling that is established inwardly and results in the way you act, the way you look, and the way you speak. Amen? Say, I have an attitude. Now listen, if we say we were filled with the Holy Spirit, all right, and we began to speak in heavenly languages, what does that tell me? It tells me that the Holy Spirit can influence me on the inside, the way I think, and the settled way I look at things, so that the way I think, the way I speak, and the way I act is in line with who God is. Amen? And so an attitude is really important, because once you've established an attitude, it can be very difficult to change it. Because an attitude, notice it says, is a settled way of thinking or feeling. In other words, you've made a decision. This is how I see this. This is how I understand this. And so we could say it like this. Your attitude is the outward display of your inward position. 
It's the outward display of your inward position towards life and towards how you see life. And so your attitude is really, really important this morning. As a matter of fact, I shared a little bit of this last week. I discovered something interesting. I always thought there were only two attitudes. There's a good attitude and a bad attitude. (laughs) Amen? But I want you to know it's a little bit deeper than that. There are actually four primary attitudes that someone can have. And it's out of that that we establish our attitude in life. The way we look and the way we respond to things. Right, number one, you have a positive attitude. Say positive. Say that's definitely me this morning. All right, the positive attitude is the person that's chosen to believe the best of everything. It's the person who has decided that I'm going to see life from the perspective that even if there's a challenge, I can rise above it. All right? Even if there's something that's not quite what it should be, I'm going to choose to see that I can improve that, that I'm going to believe for more than that. We, we know this adage, it's the person who sees the glass half full. Amen? It's that mindset. Number two, you have the negative attitude. All right? The negative attitude is someone who's chosen... Listen, someone who's chosen to ignore the good and only see the negative. In other words, they expect nothing out of life but disappointment and failure. In other words, we could say it simply like this. They see the glass half empty. All right, look at the person next to you and say, which one are you? Very quiet in this Holy Ghost Church this morning. All right, in other words, they choose to ignore the things that are good and positive, and they choose to only see the things that are negative and wrong. Number three, the third kind of attitude you get is a neutral attitude. (laughs) All right? A neutral attitude. And a neutral attitude is this. They ignore what is good, but they also ignore what is bad. And so they choose to be indifferent. They choose not to look at good or bad and they just kind of expect and they think, well, whatever will be, will be. And they kind of let life just happen. All right? And that's someone who's got a neutral attitude. Listen to me. That sometimes can be worse than having a negative attitude. You know why? Because if you've got a negative attitude, at least we know it. (laughs) Amen? At least we know there's something to deal with. If you're neutral, nobody really knows because there's times where you can just smile and pretend and there's times where you can just be sad and pretend. So which is it? In other words, you're sitting on the fence and you've neither decided to be positive or negative. You're neutral. And then here's the one that absolutely blew me away. There's a fourth attitude. I can't even pronounce this word, but I'm going to try. It's called the second attitude. It's probably in its word, explains what it is. It's S-I-K-K-E-N. All right, now listen to this. This is a combination of attitudes two and three. It's a combination of a negative attitude and a neutral attitude that's been put together. And they say this, it is very destructive and very aggressive because it refuses to see positive or negative or neutral. Actually, they've made up their mind that nothing is good, nothing is positive, and nothing ever right is going to come out of their lives. And so it becomes destructive. And they say this, that people that have that kind of attitude and mindset, 
literally are very difficult people to be with and they really struggle through life because they've chosen that this is part of their personality. This is who they are. So it's rooted in circumstances or situations or trauma that has happened in their lives that they've never been able to deal with and now they are held by this mindset and attitude. And so we need to realize this morning, and this is really important, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will elevate your attitude to become positive. Amen? You cannot get in the presence of God and experience His anointing and experience His life and stay negative. Just bump the person next to you. If you look negative this morning, there's something wrong because God's glory is here this morning. Amen? The worship team drew us into the presence of God. And even if you came here feeling down, you're now lifted up. How many of you can say amen? Come on, let's give Jesus a good praise in the house. Now, hear me clearly this morning because this is so helpful. It doesn't mean because you're a positive person that you never have bad moments. Listen, there's some mornings where I wake up and I've got to speak to myself. I look in my mirror and I say, self, you need to get with the program this morning. Come on. There are days where we feel down. There are days where we feel discouraged. There's days where we like, I, I feel overwhelmed. But listen, how you know we don't live there? Amen. The Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not though I live there. Touch the person next to you. Say, that's not your address. You might go through some valleys, but how you know you climb out of them in Jesus' name. You use your good attitude and you walk through that situation and you say, you know what, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow through this. I'm going to trust God to change this. But I refuse to live in the valley. Hallelujah. And I don't know where you are, if you're in the valley or you're climbing out or you're on the top. But I want to say this to you. If God is on your side, you're going to get there. Hallelujah. So... When the Holy Spirit is speaking, when God's Word is working in your life, it will produce a positive attitude. And I want you to know, this is very clearly communicated in Scripture. Do you have a bit of time? Okay, let me give you some examples. And we can go the whole service if we want to, but I'll give you a few. Psalm 27 verse 3. Though a host may encamp around me, yet will I be confident because God is on my side. Romans 8 verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? How you know? Philippians 4 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. 1 Corinthians 5 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, yea, all things have become new. Can I go on? Romans 8 verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. How about 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Are you getting the picture this morning? Scripture communicates a good attitude, a positive attitude, an attitude of faith. So if we're following God, we're going to have that attitude. We're going to display that attitude. And I want you to know, God needs you, like, like Colleen said this morning. He'll send the manna, but you've got to get out of your tent and go fetch it. Amen? Daily, you've got to get up and say, today's my day, I'm going to conquer. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to trust God. Can you say amen? All right, so 
Here's the reality check this morning. Just bump the person next to you. Say, this is real. You have to ask yourself this morning, what attitude is dominating your life? What attitude is dominating your life in your marriage, in your finances, in your relationships, in your family, in your work, in your business? Because the attitude that dominates you is the attitude that's going to attract whatever it is towards itself. Can you say amen? And so I want you to know today, (laughs) please hear your pastor's heart today. I love you. I want the best for you. But I want you to know, we're a church of faith. We're a church who has a vision. Can you say amen? We're a church who believes in the word of God. Guys, the Bible is not complicated. It's simple. Believe it and you'll see it. Amen. Jesus said this to his disciples when they came and said, Lord, what do we have to do to do the works of God and greater works? You know what he said to them? Believe in me and the one who sent me. And so I want to say to you, we're a church of faith. We're a church who is believing. We're a church who want to be in unity. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to believe God for the best for our church in the upcoming season. I don't want to be a church who's living in the past. I want to be around and I want to accomplish whatever our next assignment is. Can you say amen? And I want with absolute everything in me for you to walk in your purpose before God. So bump the person on the other side. Say, time for games is over. Listen this morning, church, and I really, I'm coming with an absolute heart of encouragement this morning. It's very difficult to flow with people who have a negative attitude, who have a neutral attitude, and God forbid have a sickened attitude. Just look at the person as you say, I'm sick and tired of this. And you know, I I can give you many examples in the Bible, but there's one that stands out above all the others. And it's Joshua and Caleb and the 12 spies. Those 12 spies were sent to spy out the land and they all came back seeing the same thing. They said, this is a good land. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. This is a land where the fruit is abundant and the place is incredible. But only two of them had a positive attitude. The other ten fell into those other three categories. And you know what? They were the cause for a whole generation to miss the promised land. That's what a negative attitude, that's what a neutral, and that's what a sickened attitude will do. It will suck the life out of you. And I want to say to you as church, listen to me today with absolute love. We will not tolerate that in our church anymore. Can you say Amen. We are a positive church. We're a church who believes God's word is true. We're a church who wants to go places, amen. I tell you what, God has done amazing things in our lives in the last 17 years, but I believe he has more. I believe he wants to do more. Can you say amen? I don't know about you, but I want to get to heaven one day and I want to hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, why did you limit me? Why did you stop in 2023 when you could have gone further? Hallelujah, church. I know it's very quiet this morning because you're all listening. Amen. So let's take a step a little bit further back. And remember, we were, at, we were in Acts 1, verse 8, and it spoke about the day of ascension. 
And I want to just go parallel with that this morning. I just want to unpack a few things around this positive attitude and how can we maintain that? How can we help each other? Because, you know, there's sometimes where Manny's got to just say to me, Larry, come on, you can do this. And there are times where I've got to say to her, come on, man, you can do this. And there are times where the elders have to say to us, come on, you guys can do this. Because we all have days where we struggle. We all have days where it's difficult. We all have days where it's the grind. Can you say amen? But you know, that does not define us. What defines us today is if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you. Say we're going over. All right, so Luke 24. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Amen. Luke 24, verse 15. Remember, this is the parallel to Acts chapter 1. It's the day of ascension. Jesus is about to ascend to be seated at the right hand of the Father forever. He's accomplished his work. He's finished his race. He did what the Father called him to do. He has bought salvation. He has encountered the enemy and he's triumphed over him in victory. And so here in verse 50, look what he says. He led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Say he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was carried, sorry, that that he was parted from them and he was carried into heaven. Now look at verse 52 and 53. And what did they do? They worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, all right, and they were continually, what were they? They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So notice, firstly, as he's ascending, he speaks a blessing over them. Say, I'm blessed this morning. Come on, say it with a bit of fervor. Say, I'm blessed this morning. Come on, say it with a positive attitude. Say, I am blessed this morning. Now, tomorrow, when you're having a, a bad day and the, and, and the person working with you or, or the person at the till looks at you and says, how's your day going, sir? What are you going to say? I am blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen? Because you're not defined by your feelings. You're defined by what God says about you. Amen? And when he blessed you, he blessed you. Can you say amen? Now this word blessing, I don't want to get into it, but you can go get our Ascension Day service. We've got it in there in detail. But it speaks about God conferring his favor, his anointing. You've become the object of his blessing. You are celebrated and you are set apart. That's what the blessing is that he spoke over. And I want you to know that it's rooted in the Old Testament scripture, Numbers 26, verses 24 uh, down to 27, where we, we got that song. That it just became very popular recently. May the Lord face shine upon you. May he be good to you. Amen. May he bless you. That is the blessing and it contains the anointing and the favor and the adoration of God that's been conferred on you. Here's what's significant about that promise. Please remember this. It's not, the, it's not just the prayer of the blessing. It's the one who commanded the blessing. Because if you go study numbers, listen, God spoke to Moses and he said, go speak to Aaron and the high priest and, and his family, the Levites, and tell them, this is how I want them to bless my people. Amen. So the blessing has been commanded. When Jesus ascended, he confirms that blessing on our lives. And he declares to us that we have been given this authority to walk in his anointing. And it, covers, it carries this idea that we have been highly favored by God. Now, 
just quickly, if we go study the blessing in the Old Covenant in the book of Numbers, all right, if we look at the ancient Hebrew, they spoke in pictures. All right, it's called pictography. Now, if you look at the picture of the word blessing, this is the picture you get. You get the picture of a cross and the picture of an ox. All right? And what that depicted as this is the ox speaks of strength because they would use the oxen to create the furrows in which they would plant their harvest so that they could be successful. All right? So the ox speaks of strength. The cross they would place at the other end of the field. They'd put a piece of wood like this that would mark a cross so the person walking with the oxen would have something to aim at so that they would walk straight. The cross is a picture of Christ dying on the cross. The ox is a picture of Christ's strength, which tells me that when I'm in Christ, I not only have his strength, but I have the ability to walk straight in the direction he wants me. Can you say amen? I have the ability, because of the blessing of God on our lives, we have the ability to walk in God's purpose. Amen? And so that's really important, because in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, what did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In other words, listen, it's a picture today that the way we're going to serve God, the way we're going to find His purpose, is not by our own hard work, It's not by us striving in our own ability. It's by us looking to Jesus. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. When we look with spiritual eyes and we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, it doesn't matter what we're going through. If we'll keep practicing the word, if we'll keep our attitude of faith alive, you know what? It will come to pass. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're going over. All right, now listen. What did that blessing produce? It says when they spoke that blessing, what happened? They began to worship him. They returned to Jerusalem with joy. All right, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. So there's three keys that you and I can take this morning that help us to maintain a positive, strong attitude of faith. Number one, worship. And what is worship this morning? Worship is just coming to the Father and giving him thanks. Amen. Thanking him for what he's done in your life. Thanking him for saving you. Worshipping and honoring him. There's something powerful that happens when you worship. Why? Because it lifts you into the presence of God. And when you and I get into the presence of God, everything else becomes insignificant. Amen? There's a song that we used to sing in the old days. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of this world will go strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace Amen. When, when you look into Christ <laughs> When you look into Christ, everything else becomes insignificant. You see, and it's in that moment that God can realign your spirit with His spirit 
and connect you with his life. So when you walk out of there, nothing might have changed in the natural, but in the spiritual, you've changed because you've readjusted your attitude to be one of faith, to be one of God, to be one that's on Christ. And then you know what happens? You're empowered with his wisdom and his strength to make better decisions about what you're facing. Amen? And that's how you climb out of the valley. That's how you keep going forward. Can you say amen? You choose, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep moving forward. Say, I'm a worshiper this morning. Number two, it says, they went back to Jerusalem with joy. So the second thing this morning is, refuse to give up your joy. Amen? Let me encourage us today. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is based on a happening. So when things happy, when things happen the way you want to, how do you know you're happy? But when they don't happen the way you want to, guess what? You're not happy anymore. Joy is not happiness. Joy is a spiritual force that is motivated by the presence and the power of God and you recognizing your identity. You recognizing that you are who you are because of who Christ is. Amen. Regardless of where you are and what you're going through this morning, your joy is based on your relationship with Christ. And so it doesn't change. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a spiritual force that partners with thanksgiving and it keeps your attitude lifted. It keeps your, your mindset in the right place. So look at the person next to you. Say, I refuse to give up my joy this morning. In James 1, from verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. You know that scripture? For the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have its full work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father who gives generously. Amen. Now that word it says, in verse 2 it says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And I always thought that word meant that when you count something as joy, it means it's not actually joy, but you're going to count it as joy. So I went and studied the word last night in Greek. That's actually not what it means. The word count means this. It means to demand, all right, or it means to impress on. So when Paul said count it all joy, he was saying this. You must command your joy. You must command yourself to be joyful no matter what you're going through. Amen. You must speak to yourself and say, Larry, you're going to have joy this morning. You're going to walk in the fruit of joy despite there be no harvest, despite nothing going the way it should right now. You are choosing, you are commanding yourself to walk in joy. Say, I command my joy this morning. All right, and then number three, what does it say? It says they continued daily in the temple, praising and celebrating God. What does that mean? You stay connected to the body of Christ. Can you say amen? Stay connected to the things of God. Stay connected to your local church. Stay plugged in with the vision that God has for you in your community. Because when you stay connected, how many of you know you can have a fan, but if the fan's not plugged into the power, it ain't going to work. Amen? And staying connected means you stay plugged into the power source and you recognize where the vision, where the power, and where the stream of God's anointing flows from. Listen, and not only are you the recipient of that, you are the producer of it. Amen? Because in Ephesians 4, it says that we come as the body of Christ. We're equipped by the fivefold ministry for the work of the ministry so that we can grow and edify itself by what each part supplies.
Amen? So you see, when you're not here on a Sunday, there's a part of the puzzle that's missing. There's a piece of the connection that's not there. Can you say amen? So your life is as valuable as my life because together there's unity and when there's unity, God commands the blessing. Can you say amen? Touch the person next to you. Look at them say, you are important this morning. All right, so we drop back into Acts 1.8 now. Remember, it's parallel. It says, they shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, come upon them that you may be witnesses. So the, the focus of the power is to make you a witness. The focus of God's power is to enable you to be his disciple, to live your life in a way that others look up and recognize and see there's something different about the way you do things, about, about the way you operate, about the way you address your staff, about the way you address issues in your life. They recognize there's a power in you that you can't even explain all the time, but they recognize it because it produces a positive attitude. It produces a mindset that displays God's mind and God's heart. And that word receive there actually means this. It means to violently cease as your possession. So it's not, it's not a passive, oh, let me see what God does. No, no, no. It's, a, it's an aggressive, I'm going to go in and take what God says I can have. Amen? And there's a different mindset there, you see, because we need to realize this morning, and all of us need to be reminded of this, spiritual warfare is real. Amen? And if you're born again this morning, I want you to know the enemy hates you. The devil hates you. The devil does not like you serving God. He does not like you hearing the word. He does not like that you're going to get on fire for God and that you've purposed your life is going to be for him. Amen? And he hates you because he hates God. God kicked him out of heaven because he wanted to be just like God. And so we need to realize this morning as a church that spiritual warfare is real. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 11, verses in 11 and 12. He says this, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Listen to this. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist, all right, Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So realize this morning, number one, Jesus is reminding you that you are great because you're in him. Amen? Just look at the person next to you. Say, you are great this morning because you're in Christ. Amen? Uh, Some of you don't believe it. Just look at yourself. Tell yourself, say, I am great this morning. Not not proudfully, I'm great because I'm in Christ. Amen? I stand in Christ and he is great. Secondly, what Jesus was teaching us here, that spiritual warfare is a reality for any disciple of Jesus. And where is that battlefield? Where does that warfare happen? That warfare happens in the arena of the mind. How many of you know that is where the battle takes place in the mind? The enemy works over time to sell the lies and the deception and the, and the attitudes of this world of doubt and fear and lies. He wants to sow it into your mind and he wants to get you to entertain those thoughts. Because when you do, you start to entertain those thoughts. They become what you think about and what you think about becomes who you are and who you are determines your attitude in life. 
And if he can get you to step into a negative attitude, step into a neutral attitude, and God forget, become a sickened attitude, then you're in trouble. Because then he starts to control the narrative and not God. Amen? So God is on your side this morning and realize this morning that, that spiritual warfare is real, but you can choose this morning what you think about. Amen? You can put on your whole armor. Amen? You can put on that helmet of salvation. The Bible says in Romans 12, you can choose to renew your mind to what the Word of God says. And when you renew your mind, you're renewing your attitude. Can you say amen? And you're walking forward. So let me close with this. Acts 1, verses 10 and 11. And this is so beautiful. It says, And while they looked steadfast towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And he said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing, gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Look at the person next to you. Say, stop gazing. <laughs> you know, some people in the church, they're just gazing. They're like, I wonder what's going to happen next, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to wait and see. No, no, stop waiting. Stop gazing. Arise up in the power of the Spirit. Amen. It's time to arise with the attitude of faith and say, I'm going to possess my land. I'm going to go after it with everything. I want to walk in the purpose of God. Amen. What, what the angels were actually saying to them is, listen. Keep your attitude of gratitude. Keep your attitude of faith and go forward and build the kingdom because Jesus is coming back for you. He's coming back for his church. Amen. He's coming back for a glorious church that is full of his life and full of his faith and will be marching forward and doing the works of God. That's why in Mark 16 he says, go into all the world. Preach the good news. Amen. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost. And he, and he goes on, he says, and these signs will follow them that believe. Look at the person next to you. Say, I believe this morning. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a minute. No one looking around. Father, thank you for your life this morning. Thank you for your power. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that we are chosen of you. We're the called of God. We're the called out ones and we embrace that this morning. We celebrate that and we thank you that we're going to march forward in your strength and your ability, Father to accomplish what you've called us to accomplish. So I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, including those online. And I pray this week that you empower us with your strength. Let us walk in the attitude of your faith and gratefulness for the price you paid so that we could be winners. Right now, under the sound of my voice, if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never personally accepted Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you once did, but things got kind of crazy and you know you're not walking where you need to right now and you want to just take this moment to rededicate your life. Would you raise your hand wherever you are because I believe God is touching your heart right now. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine destiny. God bless you, sir. If you put up your hand, just stand to your feet where you are. This is your moment. God is touching your life. It is powerful. It is real. And I want you to respond. There's someone else here this morning. There's a tugging going on in your heart. Maybe there's a battle. That spiritual battle going on in your mind. Should I, shouldn't I? I feel I must, but I don't know. What should I do? Just stand to your feet right now. God loves you. God has called you for such a time as this. If you're online, wherever you are in your lounge, in your bedroom, in your sitting room, if you're responding right now, we'd love, to, we'd love you to respond and we're going to lead you in a prayer right now. Come on, is there one more person before I pray? Thank you so much, ma'am, for standing. Is there someone else who says, yes, today, that's me. 
Yes, God bless you, sir. That's that struggle that's going on sometimes because the enemy wants to hold us back. Sometimes we're, we're caught in the moment of shame and guilt because we know maybe we didn't make good decisions. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you so much. If you're standing right now, we're going to stretch forward our hands together. We're going to stretch forward our voices together, church. You pray this prayer with me right now. God will do the rest if you're sincere in your heart. Let's pray together. Say, Father God, I thank you today that you are real. And that I believe today, Jesus went to the cross, died for my sin, was raised from the dead. And in that resurrection, He paid the price for my sin. I receive Him today into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge Him in my heart. I declare it with my mouth that today I'm born again. Today I'm surrendering my life to Christ. And I'm thanking you for the work you're doing in my heart.